Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's podcast of Red Pill Your Healthcast. My name is Dr. Charlie Fagenholtz, and I am here with Lauren Johnson, FNP. And so we have a fun episode this week. Uh, we were, we kind of called an audible, um, and we thought that because it is the start of summer, we could do an episode on a summertime survival kit and mention different things that are more prevalent in the summer. And this is going to be a lot of Lauren's experience because she's a mom of two and she has had to learn this stuff on the go. Um, I don't have as much experience on this stuff as she does. So I'll give my little tidbits here and there, but uh, she's got a lot of really good information on this stuff. So we made a list of the things we're going to cover in this podcast, and we're going to do ticks and tick bites, the sun, hydration, regular bug bites like mosquitoes and all those great ones. Um, chlorine and broken bones. Did I miss anything, Lauren? No, I think that's it. What do you want to start off with? All right, let's start off with ticks because I do feel like ticks and the issues with ticks start in the late spring too. Mm. And it's actually kind of a year round thing that you really do want to be aware of, but tick bites are just, they're going to happen. You, yeah. you don't want to live in fear of them because I actually think that like makes it more likely to happen. Mm -hmm. And so you really just want to be aware of them and then just check. They... Tick bites are, it's just too numerous to count. They do, there's about 50,000 average ER visits per year for tick bites, but they probably are happening every single day, multiple times a year. And so we really want to be aware of this. Why is, why is being aware of it important? Well, children under 15 account for 25% of cases of Lyme disease. And that number, there is no way this is measured accurately because, yeah. right? I mean, because Lyme disease is just not diagnosed well in conventional medicine. Correct. And there's so many symptoms with it that Lyme disease looks a lot like mold toxicity, which looks a lot like parasites, which looks a lot like other infections. And so, uh, everyone is a biochemical individual. And although some people will get very similar cases, most people will basically experience symptoms off of their weak link. So if their weak link is energy, they're going to get fatigued. If it's headaches, they're going to get massive migraines. And so it's really tough because as we always say, Western medicine is not a root cause philosophy based system. And when you're not looking at root causes, you're searching for drugs that you can attach symptoms to. And that is not how we get over Lyme disease. And so, um, so what would you say, Lauren, is the best way if there's ticks on somebody, someone finds a tick, what do they do? So you want to have these things at home, like ready to go. Honestly, I have, we had our first tick bite of the year this weekend. And I realized I couldn't find my tick key. And so I had to pull it out with a tweezer, which is not as clean as doing it with a tick key, which yep. we will link everything. But I will also say that some of our friends over at the quantum collective also have a tick kit that will have these things in it. So I'm going to mention them now, but if you want your easy button, that would definitely be your easy button, right? Yep. Yeah. We, um, my wife and I have one of the tick kits. Uh, they make them, you know, by hand. They do everything. They sell out really quickly because it's a it's a phenomenal product. Um, but we wanted to mention them in case you're able to get your hands on them. We'll put them on the show notes. But Lauren um, is also knows, you know, what the right tools and all that stuff. So you you talked about a tick key, 
Yeah. So you, you pull going? it out with the tick key and then you want to make a, like a paste with a French green clay. Some will use charcoal or some will use bentonite clay, any like a topical binder and andrographis herbal tincture. And you make it a paste and you basically want to keep putting that on the bite for 24 hours. I also give Leadum or Leadum Leadum homeopathic remedy. I give two pellets of the 30C strength to my, to kids. And then for adults, it's five pellets. And I will do that a few times over 24 hours as well. So Leadum is really good to have during summer anyways, because it's good for tick bites, but it's also good for puncture wounds. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of those things to keep, to just have in your first aid kit. But so Leadum, you want to do the, the, the paste over top of the bite. And, and first you do want to clean, you want to pull it out and put it in a baggie and put it in the freezer and keep it in case you do get a rash. Cause if you get a rash or the child gets a rash, you want to send that off to tick report or one of those other websites to get the tick tested. And that way you feel more confident and not pursuing further treatment. If you know, if something were to happen, um, so you have save the tick, get the, t- get the tick off, clean the area and then put the little paste on and then give the homeopathic. And then I start giving astragalus and astragalus. It's about a thousand milligrams per day for uh, about a week. Dr. Steven Buner has a whole protocol that I will link and it is, it, it, he's one of the experts on this. And so I would go with what he says on that, but I will say that you can also take astragalus for prevention. So say that you're going to be camping and you know, this area that you're going to be in is, is, is in fact, it has a lot of ticks. You might want to go on and start taking astragalus. Cystus T is another one that is a kind of a, a tick deterrent. And that is another way to really help deter ticks. Now you do need to drink a good amount of the tea in order to get that benefit. And it is a biofilm buster. So like, it is like, it is a really cool like thing, but you do need to have a lot. Biopure does make a tincture that would be a, you could take it a smaller amount. So that would be an option too. So basically astragalus, do some topical things, a homeopathic and keep the tick just in case. I know it sounds like a lot, but it's super important, right? Yeah, it's extremely important. Um, I always say that I, I don't mess around with tick bites. It is not something to take lightly. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned astragalus because astragalus, I just doesn't think, I think it doesn't get enough love. You know, yeah. it's it's so good for kidney chi, which is your essence, your energy. It fights fati- uh, chronic fatigue because of that. It's also an adrenal help because kidneys and adrenals are the same thing in Chinese medicine. Um you know, we were talking, it helps sperm motility. So a lot of times with infertility is a really good use of astragalus. It helps TH2 dominance that we live in. It balances the immune system. And it's one of the only herbs that actually works on your bone marrow to increase your immune system. Um, so astragalus is great. And then I didn't even, I did not even know you were going to mention andrographis, but I'm so glad you did because a lot of people ask me, so you never talk about andrographis supreme. What do you use it for? This is my number one use is for ticks and tick bites. Um, In Chinese medicine, 
you have astragalus, which is the master tonic. So that's like something that you take for six months or more to build your immune system. If you get a common cold or a flu, they give andrographis because it's a little more acute uh, treatment for bugs rather than astragalus, which is more long-term prevention of stuff. So astragalus, I wrote down all the, this is going to sound like a lot, but I'll tell you the main ones I use. So these are- And is this for Lyme? Yeah, this is the whole thing for Lyme and tick bite. Okay. Okay. So astragalus, cat's claw, Japanese knotweed, artemisia, which is wormwood, andrographis, black walnut, and then calms from Vervita and sort of sore oil. Here's the most common. So if you actually get a tick bite, andrographis, Japanese knotweed, and cat's claw are my top three. Astragalus, I use as prevention and it helps the immune system. Even if you get a tick bite, keep taking it, will help your immune system. Now, um, a lot of people have asked me on Instagram and I will say calms was Dr. Versendahl, my biggest, inf- the person who had the biggest influence on me. Uh, he would say calms because passion flower and valerian in there actually is really, really powerful for Lyme. Um, and then sore to sore is frankincense is a great oil that helps as well. Um, so that's my two cents. Uh, but like Lauren said, the tick kit, the tick key, getting that off properly is a huge portion of the best defense against tick bites. Yeah. And I wanted to note that I know everyone thinks of, well, if as long as I don't see a bullseye rash, we're mm. okay. And that's only in about 50% of cases. Actually, most of the cases of Lyme disease, the person doesn't even remember the tick bite. Right. And so you may, it's just something that you need to be aware of. But basically, if you do have a tick bite, watch for a lymph node being enlarged near the site. Watch for joint pain that starts, if, like I had a child last year. I'm not seeing patients anymore, but last year I had a child that all of a sudden after a tick bite, she started having recurring joint pain and little, I mean, she, we tested her and she had CDC criteria Lyme disease. And so this is something that is happening to kids. It's also being caught and being missed in adults. But if you have joint pain start up, if you have uh, lots of fevers start coming around, especially if it's right after tick bite, but even up to like 30 days. Fatigue, if there's any psychological changes, behavior changes that are just like really outside the norm, like try, I know every kid has their ups and downs. That's definitely not uncommon. But if it starts becoming a trend where it's like a daily thing, like you notice this behavior shift, I would start considering a tick bite. And that can actually, you know, be the impetus for a pans situation, pans, what I'm talking about, pans, pandas. And so that is something that you really would just want to be to watch out for the uh, pediatric infectious disease physician, Dr. Charlotte Mao at Harvard's Dean Center for Tick-Borne Illness. I mean, she has seen a lot of this stuff. She says one of the biggest things she sees is anxiety in children and that she thinks that part of the pediatric anxiety epidemic that we are experiencing is partly due to Lyme and Bartonella. But the problem is most pediatricians will do nothing. That's correct. As uh, long as, you know, you don't have a bullseye, you're you're probably going to get by with nothing. Yeah, I would say the majority of Lyme that I've seen clinically did not have bullseye, did not have that classic um, presentation. But to your point, joint pain and neurological symptoms are definitely 
the majority of full-blown Lyme. It, yeah. it can be debilitating. Um, and uh, on top of that, another thing is your pets can be bit by ticks too. We just pulled a, a tick off of my in-laws dog uh, a few days ago. And so you can, you know, check your, your animals. Um, it'll feel like little lumps on their skin. Uh, so check them. And now here's one that most people will be like, did he really just say that? This is the one time that I will encourage people in areas that have high amount of ticks. So like the deep woods of Wisconsin, the deep woods of Tennessee, does Kentucky have deep woods? Is there woods in, in Kentucky? There's a lot of woods, yeah. Okay, I thought so. I wasn't sure, but I've never been. I've only been to Louisville. I, so they like to say there's no Lyme disease here, but I diagnosed several in one summer. So yeah. so I would say this is the one time that if you did ever have a pharmaceutical in your fridge, doxycycline. If if someone gets bit and it's really, really bad, that is the one time that uh, I learned this from a chiropractor who is in Wisconsin. And she would say that if they get bit by a tick, take doxycycline and get to my office immediately. And I need to muscle test you and find you the right remedies uh, because sometimes it is debilitating. And so I haven't had that happen much to people, but it is one where, where uh, I don't like messing around with it. Okay. So my hesitation with that is doxycycline and young kids can stain the teeth. And so I, we, we did not often give doxy for children mm -hmm. for adults. Yes. That's what I now, mean. I, I, I wasn't talking about children on that. Okay, so adults. adults, but even if you went to the immediate care center, here's the thing, mm -hmm. they're probably going to give you a one-time dose like a one day dose. Right. And that's probably not going to be enough for what you're talking about. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I mean, it has to be what minimum of 10 days. I, if you're going to do it, I would say 10 days. Cause the whole thing is you want to get into somebody who's using herbs that we're talking about, but sometimes it's good to have that emergency. And I think it, sometimes it can warrant it now. Would I rather just have all these herbs on hand? 100%. Yeah. Well, and in kids, we do, we use amoxicillin too. So amoxicillin and given in three separate doses throughout the day can, and you do that for 21 days, which is a really long course of antibiotics. Yeah. That, that is what is commonly done. Now I, I would be hesitant with that, but it just depends on the whole situation of the child, if the, the susceptibility and mm -hmm. so that's why it's really important to, you know, have a holistic doctor in your pocket that you can reach out to. Yeah. And the people that I'm talking about are the people who literally live in the woods, like in the, in the middle of, it takes an hour plus to get anywhere. Those are the types of folks where, uh, this doc in Wisconsin would have people have it on hand just in case, cause there's ticks everywhere and it's not very accessible to get to practitioners. So that again is just the one time that I will say might be worth having it, but even at that, probably not worth having. And it's you know having all these herbs and a tick kit would be what I would do with my family. Um, but yeah, just had to throw that out there. Okay, so ticks are definitely an issue. If you find yourself getting bit by ticks a lot, getting bit by bug bites a lot, like, and you're just getting all these bug bites throughout the summer. 
something to, well, with bug bites, if you have big welts, also think about like histamine being a big issue, but B vitamin deficiency. And I think that's why, like you see these kids that have these like just huge bug bites and that, or that, that really are getting bit by ticks all the time. They, they are, I mean, they are aware that they're attracted to you more with this B vitamin deficiency, especially B1. So I really think that that is solved by when we are actually supporting methylation, which we both talk about a lot. And so, um, even just some Royal jelly, if you don't want to do supplements, like Royal jelly is a fantastic way to support methylation Mm -hmm. and has some good B vitamins in there. So I, anything that you can do to support methylation will help to, and that will decrease histamine, which will decrease your susceptibility to bug bites. Yeah. And, um, if your bug bites swell, like Lauren was saying, uh, definitely a liver, uh, issue, your liver is clogged. Um, B1 deficiency will make your, the bugs love you. So the people are like, man, I get bit all the time, probably low B1, which is usually also depleted in alcohol use and, uh, sugar intake. Um, and then also the people who have the most ammonia in their blood, which is usually, as you know, now parasites, a little bit of fungal yeast, uh, and Lyme could actually um, produce ammonia, but I find it mostly in parasites. Uh, so that's another thing that they love. So they will be attracted to you, mosquitoes and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, and immune armor I will uh, use for that quite a bit. Awesome, a bit. awesome. Okay. All right, so we got ticks, bug bites. Um, let's go to the sun. All right. Man, everyone, you know, is so, I know everyone's scared of the sun. I get it. I used to slather my kids in sunscreen. No joke. I did. I, when I, before I knew better, I'm like, I was scared to death that they would be burned. And I will tell you that there's just more lies that we hear from conventional medicine that they say that melanoma is linked to suns to sunshine and that that's why you have to stay outside and wear your wear all your sunscreen i do think you need to be mindful of the sun but i also think you really need to be aware of its benefits and you need to be careful but at the same time like you also need to be in the sun some being out of the sun and being indoors is actually a greater risk factor for multiple cancers it's i mean it is crazy how much the sun can make a difference. 75% reduction in colorectal cancer, 50% reduction in breast cancer, 20 to 40% reduction in non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, 50% for prostate cancer, 30% for bladder cancer, 40% reduction for type two diabetes and metabolic syndrome, multiple sclerosis, 50% reduction. So you see, and, and these are all from Dr. Malcolm Kendrick. Those statistics are, you can see how, we, we really do benefit from being in the sun, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I just did an insomnia video in the membership. And if you have sleep issues, start playing the sun. Start yeah. getting the sunlight in the morning on your retinas. Um, don't stare directly into the sun, but stop wearing so many sunglasses. That is how you build your circadian rhythms proper. And then when you watch the sunset, then your body starts thinking, okay, melatonin production, which melatonin is basically anti-aging and is probably one of the biggest reasons why it's so anti-cancer because melatonin is extremely anti-cancer. And so when you're, when you're watching the sunset, your brain starts thinking, okay, I need to produce these, this chemical. So we need to stop fearing the sun. However, we have to start 
really planning around certain sun times. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. So early morning sunlight and um, evening sunlight is definitely the best. You get more near or you get more of the red light with the early morning sunlight, which that is definitely what you, you know, you get more of those benefits from. If you work, I know I'll get asked that if, if you work a, like a shift job and you don't see the sun that often at regular times, get a red light device, stare mm. at it when you wake up. Cause it is very helpful for that, for yeah. mimicking that, but definitely does not replace actually being in the sun. It's just one of those things that like, it's a little hack that can help if you, if you have a job where you are not seeing the sun as much. So the next question that people are probably wondering is sunscreen. And it's not, a, I think anyone listening to this knows how toxic sunscreen really is. It's yeah. baking chemicals into us. Now, um, here's the thing. Lauren's going to have a lot more experience with this. For me, I just don't wear sunscreen and I go in the sun on times where I'm not going to burn. Uh, our first daughter came out with very dark skin. So she's never worn sunscreen once and she hasn't burned. So she's blessed with darker skin. Our second daughter, on the other hand, who's five months old, a little over five months, is blue eyes and pale skin. So now this is where I have to learn on what to do because this girl is definitely going to burn at some point in her life. So what, what would you suggest for the folks, Lauren? So first, it is important to build up slowly your tolerance. So for instance, we're going to a little camp this weekend. My kids are going to be out in the sun in the middle of the day and I don't, I can't control that. So I will be more mindful of that. They will be, you know, either be in hats or covered up, or I will use some sunscreen because it's the beginning of the season. If this camp was in July, I might be less likely to use sunscreen because they are, I've already built up their tolerance. So start slow, start with, you know, morning sunshine, you know, but you know, before 10 o'clock or before 11 o'clock, once you start getting to that 10, 11 o'clock to really three or maybe even four, you're really going to burn more likely. So do 20 minute increments out in the sun, then go in the shade, take a break or put on clothes or a, and a hat. And then, and that's where you, you know, you just take more breaks during that day and then go back out at four or so. And you get that evening sun and you get just as many benefits and if, if not more. And so work up slow, wear covering. So wear, you know, your hats and your clothes, rash guard, if you're at the, uh, if you're at the pool or the, the beach or the ocean and, and definitely just be mindful. Don't let yourself burn. Yes. Sunburns are not good. You can seriously welt up and, and oh, cause yeah. a lot of pain. I don't want your baby sitting out in the sun unprotected on the beach. Uh, we are not advocating for that. Right. And so, you know, I do recommend big tents and things like that. If you're, especially if you're going to the beach, you definitely want to en encourage morning or afternoon, late afternoon, or wear some sunscreen. But there are some, clean sunscreens that are out there that we will, that we will discuss, but also know that like your ability that your, your likelihood of burning is going to increase based off of how much inflammation is in your body and the types of foods you eat. Is that right? Yeah. Seed oils and anything that is pro-inflammatory is going to offset your essential fatty acids. And the people who burn the most have the 
most imbalance of essential fatty acids in the body. Uh, one, one, uh, you can call it a biohack, whatever, even though I, I hate the word biohack. I, I just, I feel like biohacking is, is just like, because all the people who use the biohack term are all like really trying to get you to get their gadgets and their gear. Correct. And I know we, I know we have supplements that we recommend, but these are things that like, we actually are using ourselves Yes, are not like, we're not just being paid to tell you anything. Like it's not that. Like exactly. it, it is so different, but the biohacking community, I feel like, and they can never have enough. They can never get enough. Like what's the next biohack? What's the yep. next thing? Yep. And it's like, guys, like we got to keep this simple. What? I mean, I, it's, I like, it's, like, like it's basically all the like extreme money minded entrepreneurs came into the health realm. That's, yeah. what, that's the energy it feels like. I'm thinking of one person. I'm not going to say the name <laughs> and I know <laughs> you're probably not, thinking of the same one. I'm uh, probably thinking of the same. It, it is. It's just one of those things where it just gets to be too much and most people don't benefit from it. So skin protective foods. Do you, what, what do you think they are? Um, skin protective foods. So I'm going to go with anything that regulates your essential fats. So I'm going, uh, like cod liver and that type of stuff. Cod liver oil. So good. So yeah. good to decrease. Once I started my kids on cod liver oil and it was, pro I probably gave it like a few times a week. Mm -hmm. They did not burn yep. at all. And of course we are mindful of our inflammatory oil intake. I'm not super crazy about it. Like I don't stress like crazy. We don't eat out that much, but at the same time, like, and we don't buy that much at home that has anything like that. But if there is something in it, I don't stress. Life is not about adding stress. Um, but skin protective foods, egg yolks, beef tallow, grass fed butter, red colored fruits, uh, vitamin A and E, so cod liver oil, copper, things like that. So anything with saturated fats. So here's um, one other thing is before you get in the sun, you can take essential fatty acids. We talk cod liver oil, flaxseed yeah. oil is actually really good too in this instance. If you take flaxseed and iodine, it helps um, get your calcium to your skin. And then it stops, it helps you from burning, essentially. It doesn't stop right. it because the sun is the sun. And then after the sun, then you increase your calcium, which then starts working with vitamin D, puts it back into the blood. Um, and so iodine, you know, we've talked iodorol. We there's many different iodines on the on the market. For kids, I use the biotics research iodine, but it's really just like a drop. Yep. Every and, few days. And if you that. add that to Vervita Matrix Synergy, because Matrix Synergy has the flax and the calcium. So if you take it before with iodine and then more matrix after the sun, that's a really good way of um, helping with mitigating where your calcium and vitamin D and essential fats are going to move from your skin back to your blood. It's, it's a really fascinating, uh, that's why I call it kind of a biohack, but it's really just playing your physiology. Okay. So that's, oh, that ties us back to biohack. That, that's, yeah. I remember that's, that's what got, that's what brought up the biohack. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whether what also astaxanthin mm. that will help to decrease your risk for sunburn as well. Some people take it as a supplement, um, but like you do need oil. to mm -hmm. yeah, like krill oil. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about issues with sunscreen. So there are a lot of issues with sunscreen. Now I do use some, I use a non-nano 
mineral sunscreen that doesn't have junky ingredients, I will use Badger. Mm. I will use Earth Mama. What is there any ones that you use? There's one that I just got my hands on a month ago. I just haven't been, we're going to Aruba next uh, month. And so I'm going to put it to the test there. It's by a doc in Florida who is my methylation teacher. And she makes one for regular, one for fair skin. And she home makes it in her home. Um, and she's a diver. So she made it to make sure that it doesn't harm fish, doesn't harm coral, all that type of stuff. Uh, it's called uh, Dr. J's Rays. And I am uh, going to put it to the test and I will report back. Okay. So a lot of sunscreens, the issues with them, like if you're going to just buy a sunscreen from the store, here's your banana boat. Oxybenzone is one of the biggest ones. It's linked to lower testosterone. We slather this on baby boys. In female, it has been linked to endometriosis. How many people, how many, I mean, and it's not the only factor. Like guys, we're never going to say like, this is the only factor causing endometriosis in girls, but we do slather these things on babies and kids. And we slather it multiple times a day, multiple times and multiple days per year. So like, it does matter. It has been found in detectable levels in breast milk. So mm-hmm. it is getting to babies, even if the mom's putting it on and not the ba- on the baby. Another ingredient is octanoxate. And that is an endocrine disruptor, which alters thyroid function as well. Homosalate is an endocrine disruptor that breaks down to toxic byproducts and has been found in human breast cancer cells. Octosalate is another endocrine disruptor and skin irritant. Like you can see, this is all endocrine stuff. It's all endocrine stuff. And then another one is in titanium dioxide, which is a probable human carcinogen. And the issue with that one is it's in a lot of spray sunscreens. And if you spray it and inhale it, gosh, that's not good. So I don't really encourage actually any spray stuff except for one I'm trying out. I will tell you the brand name. I have not tried it out yet. So do not come at me if <laughs> if there's anything with it. <laughs> but it is the, and I need to make sure, Babo Botanicals. And from what I can tell, it does not have any titanium dioxide. So that is one that I, I thought I would try out and see, because I do think that it is helpful. It is hard to put sunscreen on kids. We all know that. But there's a sunscreen stick that I'll link that I've used before as well, which is better. It's easier to use for the face. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't use it that much. Like I'm not saying to go on and like go crazy with it, but I, you know, just use it when it is needed because you definitely don't want to burn. But this brings me to when... Sunscreen is mixed with chlorine. It's even worse. Mm. So that is the, one of the biggest issues is that when you mix the sunscreen with, with the sun's rays, like with the UV rays, with the chlorine, and then with the sunscreen, you get these toxic chemical byproducts and it's happening on the skin. It's happening in the body, benzenes and phenols. They cause infertility. They cause immune system dysregulation. They can cause cancer. So it is something that it's not just the sunscreen or even the chlorine. It's the mixture of it all. And, and so, yeah, that brings us to chlorine. Was there anything else we did not mention for the sun? No, I think we covered it pretty well. The sun's important for your mood, for your body, for your health, for everything. Do not minimize the benefits of just going out and sitting in the sun. If, I mean, just take a step back from health reasons and just think 
why does the earth rotate around the sun? The sun doesn't rotate around the earth. So this is very important for humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Chlorine. Let's, yeah. let's talk chlorine. What, what do we do? What do you do for the girls for chlorine? So I will put like coconut oil on before. Yeah, big one. That's a good one. And then use a vitamin C spray. You can make it yourself super easy for afterwards, especially like you're not going to get into a shower or a bath right away. Just mm -hmm. keep it in your pool bag and just spray it. Don't put it in a plastic bottle, put it in a glass bottle, please. Um, just because of the plastic and the heat in the, from the pool bag, that's just going to get all, you know, all the plastic into the spray. But I know that glass bottles aren't ideal either, but it's, it's, I'd rather have the risk of it breaking than the risk of the plastic melting into the, the liquid. Okay. So I do a little bit of Taksumi yep. after swimming. I, if we swim every day, so say we are going to go to the pool every day in a week for whatever reason, which we don't often do, I would do it probably every couple days. Uh, it just depends on if they're having any reaction. I might do it every day, um, but Taksumi Supreme. A little bit of iodine yep, and some extra vitamin C, of course, and like Epsom salt baths with some magnesium flakes. That is going to be really helpful to increase the sulfur, which chlorine will deplete, which affects glutathione as well. Yep. That would be exactly what I was going to say. I would add the ACG glutathione spray yeah, um, because it depletes your glutathione. And then my three-year-old loves to take a gulp of that swimming pool water. Um, and so <laughs> when it settles in her lungs, I like to nebulize glutathione after with iodine and some saline solution, uh, but giving her some, some, uh, some glutathione spray, a couple sprays directly. Um, I always do that after swimming too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it is best to get in some fresh water if you can yeah. do not get in stagnant water that is fresh, like a little ponds and lakes, because that is going to increase your risk for parasites. <laughs> I, right. we went to a Creek last week that normally is very free flowing and it, for some, and it, it had rained. I don't know why it wasn't, but it was not free flowing. And I tell you what, I was like, guys, we're not saying too much in the water. I mean, we did a little bit, but like try to get over on the other side. Cause it, it was, I mean, it, it really does. Stagnant water is not a great thing. Not good. Okay. So right, two more things. Yes. Hydration is big in the summer, staying yeah. hydrated, obviously get your clean water intake, but Lauren, what are your favorite minerals? Cause minerals, water follows minerals into your cells. So you need minerals to stay hydrated. Yeah, especially if you're drinking reverse osmosis water, which we do encourage. I'm not saying not to, because that is definitely, you know, the way to get out all the stuff. But at the same time, it does deplete the water of minerals. So we use Quentin Minerals Isotonic for the kids. I like the hypertonic because it does help me more with like energy. And so I use the hypertonic. They do the, the isotonic and it's about two teaspoons over the course of a day. I started them around like a half a teaspoon maybe of, you know, in their water. It doesn't taste like much. So like, they're not going to care. And I also use body bio liquid minerals and liquid e-light drops. So I'll just rotate things. I don't do it all at the same time. I just rotate things. So one time I'll do this one time. I'll do that. Sometimes I'll do a pinch of red mint salt, something like that to really give every cup of water, a little bit of something. Um, I do like the jigsaw electrolyte powders, um, too. So, but that's more of like a, not an every cup of water thing. Yep. I would agree with all that. My daughter 
loves the taste of Quentin Mineral, so she drinks it straight, like there just you go. that. And it's like it's pure salt water essentially. So yeah, she's yeah. like, she loves it. That's fine. Yeah. So that and water by far. And that brings us to our last one. And that is kids are going to have a good time. They're going to play. They're going to get rambunctious. It's summer. Everyone's having a good time. And then they break their bones. Yeah. So um, for me, you and I talked about using red light, red infrared light for bone healing. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there's another supplement that I will use from standard process called Biost, B-I-O-S-T. It is raw veal bone. And so you eat bone to heal bone. And so those are my go-tos. How do you give that use- to kids? Uh, crush it up the whole thing yeah just a just a little tab it's a little circle tablet crush okay. it up just one uh, yeah usually just one i'd say interesting i've not used yeah. that okay yeah. see i'm learning i still i'm still learning standard process from you okay I, so- I don't use much of it that's like one of the rare ones that i will use yes yes so red light on the bone on the broken bone or any abrasion. I use red light. My daughter uh, skinned her knee on the trampoline and yep. red light on that thing. And it helped. So, I mean, it was, it went away. I also, for any abrasions, will use ozonated olive oil or that Manuka first aid honey stuff. Sometimes I love, I, love Manuka. Love yes. Manuka. And then I also love active skin repair that it's HOCL. That stuff is, I use it as hand sanitizer. I, mm-hmm. that stuff is rock star awesome i will like spray it on like if my kids have an eye irritation it like works and i mean it it's so great but for broken bones i also would recommend to do some like pearl powder or just make sure you're getting in enough calcium things like that yep some good or, that would is that biostic that probably has that too uh it might i i just know it's raw veal bone I actually i it was taught uh, I was taught to use it for uh, sprain strains because it okay. helps with the micro tears of the muscle from the bone. Um, and it's, uh, it's the raw veal bone in it that gives it a certain nutrient that helps tears, but it also is raw bone. So it's just going to help bone breaks in general. I have used the SRT optimizers with broken bones for sure. That and the red light are my two favorite, um, say therapies, to do for any type of injuries from surgeries to broken bones to all that type of stuff. Yeah. I use red light. I mean, just every, every day. It's I use it all so good. Taking with uh, me this weekend for a reason. That's right. Um, all right. So let's just bring it from the top. We talked tick bites. We talked the herbs. We talked the tick kit. We talked the tick key. Um, I will clarify when I mention doxycycline, it's more for an adult living in the middle of nowhere and take it to get to your provider who's doing frequency testing to find the right herbs for you. Don't get stressed out. Don't uh, um, get fearful of it. As Lauren started saying right away, we can't get fearful of this stuff. This, this stuff happens to us. So having the other remedies on hand is what we would do. It's, I was talking more so for people who are in the middle of nowhere who live in literal tick country um, because antibiotics, folks, here's a clinical pearl. What does it do? It's anti-life. What is our mitochondria? The energy cell, the energy producers of all of our cells. It is bacterial in origin. So antibiotics destroy our mitochondria. Um, I think I hit that home. Anything else you would add to that? No, I think you're good. there's a there's a time and place i'm not saying we're not saying there's not i just i also would you know it's just you gotta you gotta weigh the the risk first benefits yep and um 
we talked ticks. Then we went to the sun, talked sunscreen, talked all that stuff. Then we went to, or we went to bug bites, excuse me, with getting bitten. If you have um, welts and stuff, we talked liver. Uh, then we went to the sun. Then we went to hydration and uh, chlorine. And then we ended off with broken bones. I think that's a pretty good overall view for um, a summertime survival kit. So I think that was helpful. Let us know. Leave yeah. us a rating or review and let yeah, us know. Yeah, I guess that would be uh, that would be the <laughs> ultimate test. So let's see what you guys say about that. There you go. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, again, thank you, folks, for all the support. Uh, we can't get we can't do this without you guys. You guys are the ones who spread this, and and we've been getting some good listens. So uh, I'm excited to keep doing this podcast. It's a pleasure to do it with Lauren. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see you all on the next one. We love you all, and thanks for listening.